My next guest is a Super Bowl champion, a two-time Pro Bowler, and a TikTok sensation. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brad Johnson. Brad, is everything going for you? Doing great, Zach. Appreciate you reaching out and being on your show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So how's your summer going so far? Going well. Going real well. We live uh, in Athens, Georgia. I kept, uh, helped coach uh, high school football in Coney County. Went to the state championship last two years. Got beaten the finals both years. Got This past year was in overtime, but... Every day we go to practice and do all the workouts for the high school kids in the mornings and kind of find time during the day to play some golf or do some TikToks. That's awesome. So talk about the TikToks. How do you get into that? Because you're, you're killing it on them. I'm looking at some of your videos. You're getting close to half, half a million views. I don't really know how the <laughs> whole social media kind of thing works. And I kind of got on TikTok about a year ago and actually posted a lot of some stuff on my playing career and some funny things and all that kind of stuff. And this past Three or four months, I've actually done some stuff with trick shots from throwing the football, hit the goalpost twice from the end zone from a side weird shot and hit a lot of basketball shots. I played basketball in high school in North Carolina and two years at Florida State. Just kind of made made fun of it. I kind of do this thing. I got this hat at the very end. It's called My TikTok is called Big Bad Brad 14. <laughs> I kind of post it when I make the shot. It may seem annoying, but, but eventually this was – the logo and the tenant, uh, the pennant and stuff. And so we're actually going to do some merchandise and kind of give it to the charity here pretty soon. And that's kind of the goal behind it. But I, I have fun doing it. I have some exercise and hopefully kind of everyone gets amused by it and has a little fun with it too. How many takes are you normally do? Because I saw the one you were in the, in the, in the gym and you kind of threw it and made it in. Was that the first take or was that we rolling a couple times before that went out? <laughs> and a lot of people ask how many takes and I tell them it's a lifetime of practice. I grew up in North Carolina playing basketball all my life. And, you know, I always tell them, you know, Picasso never asked, they, they never count, Picasso never counted how many brushstrokes he has. He always, you know, the ones he had, he always asked for more, for more paint and canvas and, and uh, just kind of perfected the ones he has. So some of them take a long, long time. And I'm waiting for someone to kind of do a duet if they want to try it. <laughs> but I have fun doing it. It gets me some exercise. And, and if someone tries it, they, You'll kind of see it takes a little time. Are you familiar with Dude Perfect? The guys are kind of like the trick shot. They kind of run trick shots. Yeah, I've seen their stuff. They're awesome. They've been doing it for a while, and they're they're phenomenal. Uh, the the stuff that I do is never just a one shot, get lucky kind of thing. Mine is more of I'm gonna make three or four or five shots in a row, and if I don't make the fifth one, then I start all over again. So those guys are creative. That's what they do, and. And I'm just kind of a one-man show here with, you know, a camera and a tripod. Are you coming for them? Are they nervous of you? They, they thought about you kind of have to step their stuff up. You got to watch out for Brad Johnson? No, no, they're not worried about me. They got their own gig going. They're global. And, and I have fun. A lot of times my, my, my kids and my wife, the lights go out in the house, and I'm out there trying to do trick shots. So I have fun <laughs> with it. Maybe we, we will uh, collaborate one day. Yeah, actually, I'm sure they'd love to have you. And I also want to ask you, so your son's quarterback at LSU, um, what's that been like watching your son kind of take do what you were doing years ago? Yeah, my, my, I, we, my wife, Nick, and I, we have two boys. Uh, my oldest son, Max, he's a quarterback. He's, he'll go into his second year at LSU. Um, you know, it's pretty wild. You know, I've coached Max come pretty much out of the womb and then, you know, taught him how to do a three- and five-step drop when he's six and seven years old and and he coached all his youth and middle school and high school teams. And now I'm just a, a dad sitting in the stands, eating popcorn, watching the games. And you can't really, you can't tell him to throw to this particular player. I can't tell him to look out when somebody's coming, blitzing, those kind of things. He has, he has great coaches at LSU. 
Yeah, he got to play in the last two games last year. At, at, uh, he got to play against Florida. They were 23 and a half point underdogs and they won at the swamp and then they had a big game. Uh, at the end of the year, they won 52 48 against, uh, against uh, Ole Miss. And uh, so he, he loves playing. We keep the road hot from back and forth from, between Athens, Georgia, and Baton Rouge. And my younger son, Jake, Jake's a tied in. He's committed to go to LSU in uh, January. Okay. So we uh, will become uh, you know big Tiger fans. Has Coach, has Coach O been to your house yet? He has, yeah. On the official visit, uh, we had uh, we had a big dinner and you know did the Go Tigers, did the picture thing, and spent a lot of time with him. It was good, good personal time. We we've got to know Coach O for over the last three or four years in the recruiting process, and so it's it's pretty cool. He stopped by the school a couple of times, and so it's been kind of neat. Has he asked you to come down and talk to some of the guys about kind of how to how to grip a little bit? No, you know you got to kind of pick your spots. You know, I mean, right now I'm a dad. They got plenty of coaches and they got plenty of LSU alumni players that they've had. So if you ever did, I'd be, I'd welcome it. But, you know, really in the max, in the position that Max is in, my younger son, I need to be more of a dad more than a, you know, spokesperson or any that, anything like that. Then I want to ask you about your Buccaneers. Obviously, won the Super Bowl for the first time since you were there. What were your thoughts on the season? It's pretty awesome. Uh, we won it in 2003 and uh, the Bucs haven't won a playoff game in 18 years. And uh, the season was very similar in, in some aspects from the standpoint of when we were there as Gruden's first year, we had to learn a new system in year one, had a great defense. And, and uh, we kind of gelled as the season went along, went three and one every four games or 12 and fourth in the season, got hot at the end of the season. And then won the Super Bowl out in San Diego against the Raiders. And for them this year, obviously they brought in, in Tom Brady. We brought in 15 to 19 free agents with like Ricky Dudley and Ken Dilger and Joe Jervicious Keenan McCardell and Robin Oldman and Kerry Jenkins and Michael Pittman. So we made a lot of moves in, in free agency. And so this past year when, when, when Tom went there, they made about 10 big moves, especially on the offensive end. And he came in there. They got a tremendous defense. They scored 145 points, I think, off of turnovers. Scored 45 in the playoffs off of turnovers. And then they won three games on the road in the playoffs to win it all. So it's pretty amazing what they did in year one, very similar to what we did. And so – Hopefully they'll get back and maybe repeat. Well, when Tom signed there, did he reach out to you saying, like, you know, I, I know I've won six of these, but I've never won in Tampa. You have. What can I learn? No, I, 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 haven't, I haven't really talked to Tom. I met him, shoot, it's been 17, 18 years ago. We did a quarterback challenge together. That's the only time I've ever been around him. And I knew he's a highly, extremely competitive dude. Been, you know, he's won seven Super Bowls now. lost three. Went to four other AFC championship games. Uh, doesn't miss time for injuries or anything like that. It's been awesome just to watch his career. And so it's, it's fun to see him do what he did in the year one at Tampa, especially at his age at 43. It's a pretty amazing career he's had. What do you think of Kyle Trask? I know they got him, and I know your, your son matched up against him with him last season. What do you think he could do eventually when Tom retires in 20 years? Yeah, I actually saw the day when Kyle Trask was offered at Florida. I was actually took another kid down to the swamp to be seen that same day. And and I watched him. It just—I saw a kid that could throw the ball, was very calm, um, and he finally got his chance. He didn't play very much in high school because the Eric King, who went to Houston, and then later on to Miami, and then he's at Florida. Then he's behind uh, Felipe Franks, and Felipe got injured, and then transferred to Arkansas, and then he finally got his chance, but he came through. So I see a, a guy that's uh, calm, um, smart kid, uh, very, very accurate can deliver all the throws and, and just needs a chance, needs an opportunity. And 
probably couldn't have gone to a better place with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich as the coordinator and Clyde Christensen as, as a QB coach and Tom Moore as a consultant. So he's in a, he's in, and then Tom Brady is your starting quarterback. So he'll learn, but you have to be ready at the same time. You never know when your moment might happen. Yeah. And I want to ask you, since I'm in DC, you played here for two seasons. What do you think of the QB situation they're in right now? How do you think it's going to uh, roll? How do you think, what do you think is going to happen? I have no clue. No clue. You know, it's, it's pretty fun to watch them with, when Ron Rivera came in there. It kind of brings a little bit of stability to the to the organization. Scott Turner is the as the offense coordinator. I played for his dad, Dwarf Turner. And uh, you know, last year they won the division, had actually Tampa Bay a little bit on the ropes there. Who were so, you rooting for in that game? Who are you rooting for? Oh, I don't care anymore. I'm just I'm just a fan <laughs> eating popcorn, sitting in my house, watching for whoever, you know what I mean? So I don't know if I really root for anybody, it just kind of just want like good football, but you know, I know they made some great moves in the offseason. Obviously, they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick as quarterback. And, and I actually I, – I really enjoyed watching the other quarterback, Taylor uh, Henneke, play last year. I thought he was – man, I thought he was actually the best quarterback that played against the Bucks in the playoffs, to be honest with you. So – but uh, who knows how that will shake out. Everybody's got to start from ground zero, but I think they're heading in the right direction. Then one, one more current question. So, obviously, um, Gruden is over in Vegas right now. Do you think he's trying to build up that defense like you guys had in Tampa? Yeah, if you're going to win, if you're going to win at any level. I mean, like I talked about all the stats of how great Tampa's defense was this this past year or any anything. Green Bay Packers when they won it with Brett Favre or John Elway's defense when he won it with Denver Broncos or Troy Aikman's or Joe Montana's. You name any quarterback that's won it. They probably, I mean, Doomsday with Russell Wilson. I mean, they probably had a great, great defense along the way. So, yeah, I mean, if you know, for if you're going to win it, you better have one. And I know he made a new, a new hire and a defense coordinator. And uh, so hopefully they get it right and they can make a run at it this year. Yeah. And I want to ask you about FSU. How did you end up there? And what was it like playing two sports? Yeah. Growing up in North Carolina, um, I was a basketball fanatic. A guy named uh, Brad Doherty went to my high school. Another oh, really? Guy, yeah. Another guy. He, he played uh, at North Carolina and, Spent, uh, spent some time in the NBA, was a six-time pro, uh, all-pro player. And then another guy named Roy Williams, who just retired from North Carolina. He used to coach at my high school. So I grew up a basketball nut. And I actually wanted to play for a guy named Bobby Crimmins at Georgia Tech. And so Coach Crimmins, he said, you have a scholarship here, but I, you know, I only play five guys. And the guy that's in front of you is a guy named Dennis Scott. Dennis Scott went on to have an 11-year NBA. He can shoot, he can shoot pretty well. He can shoot pretty well. Yeah, he's pretty good. Pretty good. So – but Bobby Crimson, he said, you know what, what do you know, what do you think your your long-term goal is? I said, I want to be a pro player. He says, well, which one do you think you have your best opportunity? I said, probably football. And so then I knew I was going to be sitting on the bench behind Dennis Scott. So I chose Florida State, awesome place. I was there playing under Coach Bobby Bowden and then Mark Rick was my QB coach who later became my, my brother-in-law, the head coach of Georgia and Miami. And, and uh, awesome experience at Florida State. And uh, – part of some great, great teams and great people. And just uh, very thankful I went to Florida State. What do you think of this NIL now with all these guys being able to kind of market themselves? Is anybody throwing any offers at you back then? I think you can talk about it now since it's legal. Is anybody doing anything for you or were you, were you kind of just, just kind of staying, kind of just staying out of trouble? <laughs> no, I was just trying to get, you know, maybe an extra deserted, you know, Dairy Queen. You know what I mean? Somebody can't get a free blizzard. None of that ever happened. So. I didn't get anything free and I didn't play much in college, but it, it is crazy. Uh, social media is taking off to, I mean, 
it's incredible what social media has done. And, um, you know, I've always, you always see the pro players. And I think you think of the first guy I ever saw was a guy named uh, Mean Joe Green who did the Coca-Cola commercial. And then Joe Namath that did the, you know, the pantyhose commercial and those kind of things. And then guys started doing radio and TV shows. And, and it's great for all the players. And I, I always saw it at the pro level, but the college level is, is going to a new level. It's how many followers do you have on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and all, what, how marketable are you? And that's what it really is. What is your rating on all that kind of stuff? And I'm all for all the you know people that can make the money. I'm all for it. But you hope there's not jealousy along the way. You hope these kids, they pay their taxes, which I'm not sure much of them even know about. Um, they don't teach that. They don't teach that. You find that on your own. There's going to be a lot of learning lessons for a lot of people here. So, if you know, there's probably going to be some more that make others than others. Hopefully there's not too much jealousy between the teams or players. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I think you got to let the smoke kind of clear a little bit and see what really, how this whole thing shakes down. So I don't really know if anybody really has the answers yet. No, I don't think, I don't think I have any idea what's going on. I don't think the players have any idea what's going on. It's just like a free for all right now. But I think, yeah, when it does settle down, it's going to be interesting kind of how it, how it all shakes out. I want to ask you, so you your, your draft, what was your draft process like? For me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't play much at Florida State. I was behind another guy named Casey Weld, who's a run-up to the Heisman. I only started six games in my career. I only played started one game my senior year. And uh, so the guy that actually drafted me was a guy named uh, Jack Burns uh, in Minnesota. I thought uh, the New York Giants were going to get me. They had two older players. That was where I was hoping to go. They had Jeff Hosteller and Phil Sims. Yeah. I thought that would have been the ideal place. It didn't happen. So I ended up going to Minnesota. They had Rich Gannon, Sean Salisbury, and Wade Wilson. They traded away Wilson about right before uh, we made the final cuts, made the team. I was the ninth round pick, 227th uh, pick in the draft. I was the 14th quarterback dr uh, drafted out of the 1992 season. I went to the combines and I thought I was the top one there. But because of my experience, didn't have much in college. I, I, I actually kind of worked out for me. So some guys are ready faster than others. Ninth round pick, I was grateful to be picked. And then, um, and then just kind of waited my turn and was ready when my time came. Do you think they should add more rounds to the draft now? Now, it's, now it was more back then, now it's just seven. No, I think they got a pretty good feel for it. You know what I mean? They have, I think it's seven round picks. And then they have, um, then they bring in kids in free agency. I, they have expanded the rosters. They went from, from 16 games to 17, which it's a long season. I think the mistake that a lot of teams are, are making when I played, they kept three quarterbacks on the roster. And I'm not sure about the development of the young quarterback. Right now, they keep two. And then there may be a guy on practice squad, but they're not, you're not being really, really, really developed. And I'm not saying go play in another league, in the XFL or the World League or whatever these other leagues are, because you're not in your system with that particular team. So I think I wish they would expand the rosters, add a third. Um, it's a, it has to be a spot for a true quarterback, not just a slash kind of guy that's really a receiver would make another spot for that kind of kid. I don't know how you really designate that, but, but I think that's, that's an issue I would like to be seeing. Uh, so really you're only seeing four or five kids really drafted and then they're taking free agents and then maybe they make the team or not. Do you think the teams now are moving on too quickly from these highly drafted quarterbacks? Or do you think that's just how the league is now? A lot of expectations. When, when I think of Super Bowl winners, and we really could do a 10-hour podcast on this, to be honest with you. You know, I sat for three or four years before I ever played. 
Aaron Rodgers, he sat for three years before he played. Uh, Tom Brady, he sat. Uh, Drew Brees, he sat. Brett Favre, he sat. Steve McNair, Michael Vick, um, Joe Montana, Steve Young. Um, the list goes on. Uh, Kurt Warner, Eli Manning, whether it's six games or whether it's a whole year. I mean, when you look at – so I think Peyton Manning kind of broke the mold or Andrew Luck where they played right away and the expectations on these kids now to put them in there so fast. When I went to college, we used to ask to be redshirted. Now you're transferring if you're, if you're not playing right away. And the pros are putting these quarterbacks in day one. Some guys are more ready than others. But if a kid's not ready, don't play him. Don't feel the pressure. Let, let him sit for six weeks. Because you take a kid like Mark Sanchez. He had six different coordinators in seven years. You take a guy like Baker Mayfield. He's in his third or fourth, third head coach maybe in four years. Like the stability and the learning process. Like So you, if you're going to fire a coach in year one of a guy being drafted, like then fire the coach ahead of time. Have a coach, have a player that you can grow together. You know, even like Urban Meyer and, and Trevor Lawrence this year. Like let them grow together. But don't be in a rush to play these kids day one until they're ready. If, if your rookie season, they said, all right, Brad, we want you to go in, would you have been like, I have no idea what's going on? Or do you, do you think it benefited you to sit for a couple of years? No doubt. Some guys are more ready than others. Peyton Manning, he was ready. Andrew Luck, he was ready. I was not ready. I didn't play much in college. So I needed time. And I was granted time because there was three guys on the roster. And I wasn't cut too early. If I had to play right away, then, yeah, I'd have had a, one and done kind of career. And that's happened to a lot of kids. So sometimes, you know, blessing the skies is kind of just waiting your turn too. What was it like when you finally did get your shot and then you were, you were QB one in Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my dad always made a point to me. He says it's better to be, it's better to be prepared and not have an opportunity than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. So I worked on my game. I learned, the, I learned the playbook inside out. I studied, I worked. And when my time came, then I was ready. And, um, you know, so some guys would develop in different ways, and it just took me a little bit longer than others. What was it like What was it like when you got traded to D.C.? You know, I'd been in Minnesota for seven years. And my seventh year in Minnesota, I had a neck injury, surgery. I couldn't, I couldn't even hold my – couldn't even pick up my phone. You know what I mean? Lost all the strength in my hand. Um, I broke my foot. I broke my thumb. And that was a year in Minnesota. We went 15-1, lost in the NFC Championship game. But, but it was a blessing in disguise, too, because I wasn't purely healthy. I only played three games that year, and we won them all. But then it was time to make a change. So I love playing. I, I grew up as a Washington Redskins fan. Growing up in North Carolina, there wasn't the Carolina Panthers. There wasn't the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans. Tampa Bay wasn't very good. All I saw was the, the, the Redskins, the, however you want to call it, the Washington football team. You know, I grew up a fan. So I love playing for North Turner. Um, went to, we, won our, we won the division my very first year there in 99, and, and I loved it. What was it like when Snyder came in? You know what? He came in and, and uh, really kind of took a back seat, and we won the division the first year. And then a lot of things transpired as it went on. Um, he's had a lot of success, you know, in his, in his financial world and business world and those kind of things. And so – you know what? I was thankful for my two years there, what I was able to accomplish um, in those two years. And then it's time to make a move for me and free agency. So I had to choose a place where I just felt like this is going to be the right place for me. But, but I look back, I'm grateful for those two years in Washington and, and all the relationships and everything that, 
the, the belt. I'm, I'm, I'm always pulling for Washington now. And hopefully they, you know, they get it right. What were they telling you when they're saying, we want to get this, this Jeff George guy in? You're like, did you see what I do last year? Were you like, these guys don't know what they're doing? How do you react? No, 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 no. No, you know what? Moves are made. There's a thing called transactions. They take place every day. So you always look into, you know, make moves, whether it's the starters, backups, um, in case this guy gets hurt or what may take place. So you always look into, to make moves. So they made the move with Jeff to come in, to come into to Washington. And, and um, so they, we, I got along really well with Jeff. So it was, it was a good relationship between Jeff and I. What was like going to the Pro Bowl? Pretty awesome experience. You know, you always see that game. They take, they play it in Hawaii every year, or they used to. And um, you get to say you're one of the best players in the, in the world, you know, and for, for that year. It's, it's weird. It's hard because you don't know how the vote takes place. Is it a, you know, is it by, your, by the way you played or is it a popularity vote? I made the Pro Bowl twice. I felt like, Honestly, I should have made it five times, but popularity kind of didn't win on some some aspects of it. But I was grateful for that opportunity to go twice. I've actually had your former teammate uh, Stephen Davis on. Do you think he's underrated in terms of one of the best uh, running backs of the 21st century? Yeah, I, I don't know how to compare all the stats. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know how that goes. I know he went to the Super Bowl with Carolina, and they lost it to New England in you know, the last seconds of the game. But I love playing with Stephen. Stephen could get the ball downhill. Tremendous runner, had a great, great career. And, uh, you know, he was one of those old-fashioned running backs. I don't know if they have guys like him anymore that can hit it down, you know, catch the ball and hit it between the tackles and, and with enough speed that can take it the distance but also take a beating on, you know, all the short yardage runs and stuff. So love playing with Steven Davis. He was awesome to play with. But how did you decide on going to sign with Tampa? You know what? I actually um, – a couple reasons why I ended up going there was – you know, you have these things called contracts and not every contract's guaranteed. So you look for the, whatever's the most secure deal, but I wasn't, so I got the most secure deal there, but then you also look into what, you know, where does your, what fits your system, what fits your style of play. And so I thought I was going to go to another couple other teams, but I played against Tampa a bunch when I was in Minnesota and Washington. I knew a lot of the players in Tampa from being my Florida state days, the, you know, the Derrick Brooks, the Dexter Jacksons, the Mark Dunn. I, I knew Mike Allstott and John Lynch and Warren Sapp. I knew all those guys. So it just felt like it was a great fit. But I also wanted to be the first quarterback in Tampa history to be the quarterback that ever won it for that franchise. And that was that was the ego-driven part of it. And I think the last part where a guy had won a, a Super Bowl in the state of Florida was Bob Greasy in, like, 1971. You know what I mean? So – yeah. So there, there was those parts of it, but I felt like it was just a great fit for my style of play, for what Tampa had in place, and I had a really good relationship with Tony Dungy when, when I made that when I made that decision. What, what was that second season like when you guys were just rolling? Uh, when we won it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Gruden came in as the head coach, built up a great relationship with him. He brought in a he made a bunch of moves in free agency. I think we made fifteen to nineteen moves as the season went on from. Uh, Joe Jarevicius, Kenny McCardell, Ricky Dudley, Ken Dilger, Roman Olbin, Kerry Jenkins, Michael Pittman. I mean, so we made a lot of moves to upgrade our talent and um, had a great, great defense. Went three and one every four games, ended up the season 12 and four, got hot at the right time and, and were able to win it. There's a lot of, I've been a part of, played 17 years in the NFL, probably four 
maybe five teams were good enough to win it. And I played on two or three that were bad teams, but four or five that were good enough to win it. So when you get that opportunity, you got to be able to come through. Those other ones, I, I feel like I should have won three or four Super Bowls, but didn't get it. Thankful for the one that we did get. You have any good Gruden stories? Was he was he a character back then? Or was he kind of a quiet guy, just kind of getting getting his feelings chopped, getting getting kind of getting ready in the NFL? Yeah, no, I, I love being with Gruden. He was a guy that was, you know, he loved ball, loves coaching ball, loves teaching ball. Great, great teacher of the game. What plays work versus this? What the looks are? He'll program. I, I, when I, when he first got the job, I called Rich Gannon. Rich was the, the quarterback in Oakland. We'd been together one year in Minnesota. Rich said, listen, Brad, he's going to be awesome to play for just because he'll program you. And you're always going to be uh, always be prepared for every game, every moment. And so I love playing for John. He, you know, calling his plays, green right slot, 93W, heads up for a buster call, be ready to kill for 96 out, or you got your your, your spider two Y banana or your 58 Lexus call. You know what I mean? So he programmed you and love playing for him and uh, still friends today. Do you think he's got like a plan out in Vegas or do you think he just kind of did his offer he couldn't turn down and he just kind of wanted to see what he could do with it? You know, after he got done with Tampa, he took a break. You know, he got on – he did uh, did the QB the QB draft or whatever took place. And yeah. I think people kind of got the feel for who he was. And he did Monday Night Football, was great on all those shows. And he's looking for an opportunity. He wants to – I mean, like everybody, he's won one, but he'd like to win two. You know, but he has a passion to teach, to coach, and to win. And so he's in a great spot. Obviously, they moved from Oakland to Vegas. And uh, NFL is hard to get a first down. It's hard to – it's hard to score a touchdown. It's hard to win a game. So, you know, not alone try to win your division, not alone try to win playoff games in a Super Bowl. They're in a tough division with now Kansas City, who's been, you know, to the, to the Super Bowl twice and went to the AFC Championship the other year, the last three years. Uh, San Diego's tough and Denver Broncos tough. So if you're going to win it, you got to be great. And so I think, he, I think he can get it done, but it's going to take a lot of work. Do you think he likes having all these supreme talented quarterbacks in his division? It kind of just makes it kind of more difficult. I think the NFL is just loaded with talent all over the board. So, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. You can't just go pick this team and hope you get that quarterback. Like, you want that to happen. But, you know, he, I think Derek Carr's has some great years. They just, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he has done and accomplished in his time there at Oakland. But you got to win deep, deep in the playoffs and hopefully the Super Bowl to get any kind of credit like that on, on the national stage. And uh, so hopefully they, they get that done. Yeah, and I want to ask just one last question. So who, who do you like this year? Who do you think is going to be in the uh, – who do you think is going to go far in the, in the playoffs for the NFL? Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's golly. It's AFC. I mean, you're looking at some teams that were great last year. The Buffalo Bills were phenomenal. And Cleveland Browns, the upgrades they've made. They, they had Kansas City on the ropes, and Kansas City's been there. And then, I mean, you just never know. You never know. I mean, look what the Rams did with, with Matthew Stafford and – Stuff like that. Obviously, Tampa Bay is going to be the favorite in the NFC. Everybody coming back and Brady being there. So, I don't know. Just sit back on my couch and kind of enjoy it and see what happens, you know, come late January. How, long, how much longer do you think Brady's got? Two oh, three years? <laughs> I don't know. He's 43 now. He might could pull off two more years. You know, the way he plays, he's decisive with the ball. He's accurate. Uh, he's not going to run around, but he's never run around. You know what I mean? So it's not like he's ever lost anything. I think it's more of his passion. He just can't his body hold up as he gets older. But it's, it's incredible to see what he's done.
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the only question we really have. You do appreciate you taking time, and then uh, big, big bad Brad on TikTok. Yeah, big bad Brad on big bad Brad fourteen on TikTok. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone's enjoys it. And enjoys some of the trick shots and see what happens with that. Awesome, awesome. And we well, do appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate it, Zach. Thanks, brother.